Welcome to Leader to Leader with Pastor John Bailey. So glad that you've joined us today. And we are so honored to have, again, uh, Gary Wilkerson. He is our president here at World Challenge, but as well, a very good friend for many years. And today, we're going to be talking about the challenges of pastoring leading in a, in a difficult um, def- difficult years that we're living in right now and how to stay uh, biblical. So welcome, Gary. Good to have yeah. you with us. <laughs> Thanks, John. Good to be with you again. Yeah. Good. Uh, I this is our third episode. Yeah, and just so people know, I won't always be the only one you're having here in the studio with you. You're going to have other great guests as well. Well, other uh, well, you will have great guests. I don't know if other than <laughs> That sounded kind of haughty. Anyway, yeah, happy to be with you. Well, good deal. And so, um, you know, we we go through this uh, tension, I believe, sometimes in the body of Christ. I think even even Paul, you see it, where there there are times where people are preaching Christ, and he will say things like, "Hey, they're preaching Christ, so thank God." Uh, at the same time, multiple times through the scriptures, he will uh, talk about what's right and what's wrong what's biblical, not biblical, what is uh, Holy Spirit-led and not Spirit-led. And so there, we, we have this little bit of a tension. And so today I really want to navigate through uh, some of the difficulties or challenges that we have in ministry and in the, the days that we live. And we we are not, and I think I know that Gary agrees with this, we, we're not here to be the, the finger pointers of everybody that does things that uh, aren't the way that we want. At the same time, we want to be able to direct people to the heart of Christ, the Word of God, and the power of the Holy Spirit. And so, maybe just starting the conversation out today, Gary, what are the what are the difficulties or the challenges that you see that are facing the body of Christ, particularly in America and the Western world in the days that we live? The, I'd say the Trinity, the, not that the Trinity is a problem, but our understanding, our conception of the Trinity and how that affects the local church how it affects our preaching. And to, to unpack that a little bit, I think there's a father culture in in a segment of churches. Your father loves you. Your father is going to guide you. Your father is going to prosper you. Your father. So there's the father of the Trinity. And then there's the Holy Spirit part of it. It's like, uh, Holy Spirit, move, fire, fall, uh, healing and revival and awakening, which I believe in. I believe in the love of the father. And I believe in but kind of in the middle here, we seem, seem to be what some people call it like a Christless Christianity, mm. uh, missing the cross of Jesus Christ, uh, missing the, you know, come and die with me, take up your cross and follow me. So I, I, I believe the, the Holy Spirit would love to and the Father would love to and Jesus would love to see us recapture the fullness of the, of the Trinity in the church and not segregate that. It, we don't usually segregate it in theology, but we'll segregate it in practice and we'll preach more a fatherly message or a Holy Spirit message or some sometimes it's a, a Jesus message but it's a, the earthly Jesus yeah. is, uh, you know following his footsteps be a nice person love the love the poor uh, be up for social justice and it's a and, but that's not the Trinity either that's the that's just the human Jesus who Paul later on said you know no no man after the flesh in other words you know, he was talking about Jesus mm-hmm. he was saying I, I don't look at him as just this fleshly man he still is the man Christ Jesus but I see him as the ascended and that's why Paul's gospel are so, uh, you know, they, they, they bring so many elements that we probably would not get if we just studied exclusively, like, uh, where Jesus traveled or what his sermons were. He, he, he was able to receive a revelation of Christ because he saw him in this ascended role uh, in Trinity. So that's one, I, I think. I don't know. What what do you think about that? I, I think this is going to be a really interesting conversation. <laughs> yeah. And thank you for bringing that up. So, uh, so you know, and I think Paul said, I determined to know nothing 
among you except for Christ and him crucified. So what does it look like uh, for those of us that are leaders to have a, a Christ-centric message? Like, like so because there can be so many different um, elements in the church world that are pulling us different directions. Yeah. And how, how do you know when a church is Christ-centric? Right. Well, first thing I say is, 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 is the leader in love with Christ, you know, because mm. you can, I can aim, I can put a, a target up on my wall and say, I want, I want to be Christ-centered. And that means I have to pray to Jesus and I have to preach about Jesus and I have to talk about Jesus and I have to witness about it. And you can do that without a heart for Jesus. It can be all externals. So mm. it's the internal, it's the, it's the pursuit of, uh, of holiness, the pursuit of righteousness and the pursuit of Jesus being your righteousness, being your holiness. And so, yeah, I just I read scripture uh, cover to cover with the lens of Jesus. You know, mm. George Mueller said that when he came up with an issue, uh, say it was about um, giving. For instance, one time he did this about giving. He did it uh, dozens of times, but he had one question in mind, and he would start in Genesis one and read to the Revelation twenty two with that mm. one question in mind, like, what does the Bible say about giving? What does the Bible say about compassion? What does the Bible say about mercy? And that's how he grew mm. his ministry. Uh, I do that from Genesis to Revelation constantly, just what does this say about Jesus? So, you know, the Garden uh, of Eden, uh, so, you know, Jesus is on page one. He spoke things into existence. Jesus is on page two. He, we created in his likeness, you know, part of the Trinity. Uh, Jesus is in page three, crushing the head of the serpent, you mm. know, and just, you know, he's, he's the ark. He's the, you know, it's just, you know, you can do that. And, you know, and you know, I think you and I both know, John, that, you know, you don't want to get, you know, like like the the nails in that Noah, uh, you know, nailed into the ark represent the nails on the cross. You know, something. No, it doesn't. It doesn't. <laughs> you know, you don't want to go too far into. It's safe to say Christ is our, our ark because you know his name means God saves and the ark saved us. So that's an easy connection. But but to get into the folly of those things is also, and I'd say that's another problem we're facing in the church is. Um, you know, there's so many sermons and so many YouTube sermons and so many books written. And, you know, every Sunday, every church now has their own YouTube going out, live streaming and stuff like that. So uh, if we as pastors and teachers and preachers aren't careful, we get competitive and we want to have, and to, and when we do that, well, how do I, how do I puff up my numbers? Well, by being spectacular, by being uh, cool or hip, by being supernaturally, you know, not supernaturally, but but creative in a maybe an excessive way, make make things of the scripture, say things they don't say, or say things in a way that are very entertaining, but just aren't the gospel. I'd rather have a a man or woman preach to me like the pure gospel, the undiluted gospel, uh, even if it doesn't have all the entertainment to it. Like, oh, what a great illustration! Oh, what a great comedy routine you put in there, just like. Mm. I'd rather have that than the one that, you know, I've heard a lot of people say, oh, man, that was the best sermon I've ever heard in my life. And then I listen to it and I go like, oh, sure, you you think that was the best because it was so funny and it was so emotional. It was moving. You know, I was crying over that story. But when you think of it, it's like there really wasn't any of the gospel in it. There wasn't any of Jesus in it. There was, it was more a humanistic kind of a, approach to, you know, you take a scripture and you, you, you know, you read it and then you start telling your stories and your three points and, and you, you're not really teaching the scripture. You're not really teaching Christ. And, you know, that goes back to what you said earlier about, you know, why, why, I was thinking that when you introduced us here, why did Paul say, hey, these guys, 
you know, uh, let, let them preach, you know, as, as long as they're preaching Christ. But then later on, he says, well, that person, don't listen to them. Call them an, uh, uh, anathema. Let them be, you know, yeah. removed from the church. Well, one had the right message and the wrong motives. And Paul says, hey, they're preaching the right message. The motives aren't that great. Let them go. But the other has the wrong message and the wrong motives. And when you put those two combinations together, uh, and that, that happens today, the wrong message that is hyped up, uh, pop cult culture-driven, pop psychology, and from the, that's the wrong message and from the wrong motive. I want to become a pop star myself. I want to become famous. I want to become the biggest church in the city. I want to become the, you know, the most YouTube-watched and you know that that becomes the wrong motive. Paul Paul would encourage us to shut that down, you know. And I would encourage people listening to us, uh, you know, pastors and leaders, be careful of who you listen to. Uh, be, be you know, make sure that you're, you know, uh, be the Berean, which examined the word to see if their the Berean examined their word to see if that guy's word was the word. Um, so a lot of us don't even need to be Bereans now because. This is not, it's not even the word. It's like, oh, that was funny. Oh, that was delightful. Oh, that was entertaining. Uh, that was uh, moving emotionally. But there was nothing of the word in it, so I don't even need to. I just, I, I have to dismiss that, you know, and then I'm, I'm, I'm rambling here a little bit, but uh, also then um, going back to what I said about the Trinity, uh, I, I think we, we can use discernment about what we're, uh, what we're listening to and what we're feeding or what are, but we feed ourselves will eventually come out, you know, and so who we're listening yeah. to. And, um, you know, so it, it will come out. So the Trinity, uh, making sure that this is, uh, I'm representing the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and and I'm feeding myself with the right materials. I've always been uh, bewildered at how, and, you know, you can edit this if you don't want names name, but <laughs> how, how could somebody, people come to me and say, oh, your dad, David Wilkerson, man, such a, Man of God, powerful Word of God, such a prophet, such an uncompromised Word of God. He's one of my favorite preachers, and and Benny Hinn is too. Those two guys, are, <laughs> and I'm going like, wow, those are not cut from the same cloth. Those are yep. those are two opposites. Those, those you know, uh, one is very different than the other, and mm -hmm. and you know, that, that's you know, the, the Old Testament is full of things. You know, even our clothes. They said, don't mix uh, materials together when you make a garment. You know, don't mix sheep and goats. Uh, yeah, you know, and so. I think we'd have to be careful of mixing uh, our, our content absorption uh, with messages that are, you know, contrary to each other. Well, we will not be editing that. Okay, all right. That <laughs> First of all, good. and you are not rambling. I think what you're saying is is powerful. And you know, and this is you know one one of the things that I see that Paul says is he he says that people are preaching another gospel yeah. or another Christ. And I think that that's, you know, like you said, if somebody's preaching truth, but their motives are not right, well, let them preach on. But once the message begins to change, now now mm -hmm. we're presenting another Jesus yeah. and another way of, uh, you know, and, and now it's not a Jesus at all. And I right. think Paul says, which is not, a, which is not the gospel at all, right. and how important it is to get honed back into the gospel. And this is the truth of it. Paul said, this is, I mean, these are words in Scripture, that in the last days, a defining aspect in the last days is that men would have itching ears. So people want to hear 
what they agree with rather than what the truth of God's word is. And as leaders, we're not called we are not called to tell people what they want to hear. And it's a slippery slope when we start to uh, tar- start to present messages or talk about who Jesus is so it's palatable to the generation that we live in. There is great power when you preach the living Christ, and then people can see the living Christ. Yeah. And so just in your experience in ministry, like um, just just going, hey, church world, we have to get back to preaching the true living Christ because there is power in that message. Yeah, yeah. and we have to get back to the true Christ in order to preach the true Christ. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, yeah, so, so the—, the uh, and because to, to know the true Christ will change your motives, it's it, it's constantly doing that in my life. Um, you know why I preach. You know because I think all of us have mixed motives to some degree, and sometimes I find myself preaching for the applause, and you know and mm. uh, you know but, and then God is in His kindness, you know will confront me with that, and you know and He's changing my heart. You know so I I, I find over the years and the seasons of my life with the Lord that has become less and lesser uh, a desire to impress or to bless or to draw a crowd. It, um, and, and yet, I find it's still there to some degree, and so the so you know. But we're growing in motives, but we're growing in Christ to know Him, and and uh, you know, just because I'm a I'm a like a Bible teacher at heart. Like you know, my favorite day of the week is when I'm alone studying in my house, and I just get my Bible open, I just devour it. Um, but one of the things the Lord said to me recently is, uh, Gary, it seems like you love preaching the Word more than you love me, um, mm. and 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 when you read something that inspires you. Like I underline in my Bible, I'm sure you do as well. Yeah. Um, I'll underline something. And my first thought is uh, uh, that'll be, that'll preach well. I like that. That'll be a good sermon. And maybe this point is that, and then Lord's like been teaching me lately, slow down. I'm not giving this to you for the pulpit first. I'm giving to you for you. And and then, and then if you'll get that in you, when you preach it, it will come out as, as life giving. If it goes right from here to the head as a sermon, it will come across as a sermon, not as a word from God, uh, and therefore never create a move of God in your church or in your ministry. So, so I mean, I'm constantly learning, and it's it's a uh, it's one thing to say what's wrong with the church, but it's 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 better for me to say what's wrong with me. You know, what's, what what am I working on in my life? And um, uh, not to not to dismiss the need to speak into issues in the church and contend. You know, Paul called Tim Paul told Timothy contend for the faith that's mm-hmm. a very rough word it's it's not a it's not a like a, you know be kind as you discuss different doctrines it's like who contend for the right true full word full counsel of the word of god mm-hmm. yeah so if, if uh we have uh, obviously leaders that are uh listening in and one thing that i think any anybody that knows the lord and walks with god we we want to see God move in the generation that we live in. And so if you were speaking to leaders as you are today and and saying, you know, here's some things which you just gave a great one is rather than just preaching a word, I I think one of the great ways that you can add to the anointing and the power because you own it and you let the Holy Spirit work it in your heart before before you preach to other people. But what are some things that you go... Hey, we, we obviously are facing great challenges. 
uh, the wokeness of the world that we live in, mm-hmm. people that are in Christian leaders that are literally going against biblical principles and trying to fit the gospel into the world that we live in. What are some things that you would say, like, hey, if we're going to have an awakening, and this is for the body of Christ as a whole, what are some things that maybe we need to pray about mm-hmm. or see see God do in our own lives and ministry to to see um, you know, maybe us have a greater impact in yeah. the ministry as we lead them. Yeah, well, you know, we do these uh, fire in our bones conferences. It comes from Jeremiah 20, verse 9. Yeah. Jeremiah was ready to quit because of the spiritual declension in his nation, uh, this sexual immorality that was perverting. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of idolatry from other nations was coming into the temple, and there were temple prostitutes. And he was just seeing horrid things take place. And he was ready to quit, but he said, I can't quit because there's a fire in my bones. Mm. Uh, but that's in 20. But if you keep going on, um, you see he he begins to give the, the, the what we'll call the church, his people, Israel mm-hmm. at the time. He gives them a, a, a contrasting voices um, in chapter 23, verse 29. Excuse me, verse 9. Um, he talks about the lying prophets. He says, my heart is broken within me and all my bones shake. I'm like a drunken man. Uh, I am overcoming one because of the Lord, because of His holy words. For the land is full of adulterers, uh, and you know. So, so he's, and he says, "Here's what these people are doing." This is verse 16, filling them with vain hopes. They speak their own visions with their own minds, but not from the mouth of the Lord. They say continuously to those who despise the word of the Lord, "It will be well with you." That's so America today. Mm-hmm. That's, that's so flesh today. It's, it's uh, um, and, and then he contrasts that, and this is what I want. This, I know this is what you want. This is why we have the Pastors Network. This is why we have Pastors Conferences. Uh, this is why we have, you know, monthly newsletters that go out to thousands of people. Uh, he says, verse 18, same chapter, uh, for, the, for who among them has stood in my counsel to see and hear his word and who has paid attention to his word? So first of all, you're standing there uh, listening for a word from God. Secondly, you're, you're, you're paying attention to that word and you're listening to it. It doesn't mention preaching here yet. And so that's, that's kind of what I was talking about a minute ago. Yeah. That, um, and the Lord will test me on that. He'll test all of us on that. So like some of the stuff I'm getting from the Lord today and yesterday and the day before, he's now telling me, like, I don't want you to ever preach that. Uh, I'm, I'm testing you to see, like, oh, that's such a good word. I'm so excited about that. No, you, I'm, I'm testing you. To see, will, will you just come to my word for me and to know me and to sit in my yeah. counsel and to pay attention to me, to learn of me? Um, um, and then verse 22, things begin to shift a little bit. But if they had stood in my counsel, uh, then they would have proclaimed my words to my people, and they would have turned them from their evil ways and from their evil deeds. There are churches in America that haven't preached, haven't used the word evil or sin or turn or repent in you know years, if not decades. Well, why not? Because the pastors have not stood in God's counsel. They haven't heard his word, so they can't proclaim his word. Mm. And then lastly, uh, verse 28 uh, let the prophet who has a dream tell his dream. And that's pervasive across the American landscape today. Pastors get up and tell their dreams of uh, big and brighter days, of big and brighter futures for them and for you and for their church. Nothing wrong with having faith and confidence in what God's doing, but but it's the dream without Jesus. It's not the Christocentric mm-hmm. dream. But let him who has my word speak my word faithfully. And I love this question he asks, what has straw in common with wheat, declares the Lord. Is not my word like fire, declares the Lord, and like a hammer that breaks the rock in pieces. So, uh, Paul, uh, Paul, excuse me, Jeremiah is is hearing God's word come down to him and saying, 
I declare, here's what I'm declaring to you. There's straw and there's wheat. Wheat can feed you. Wheat can, you can live by you know, every word that comes out of the bread, the bread like that. But straw is just going to kill people, even though it, it might look uh, alluring to you. Uh, and then his word is like fire and like a hammer that breaks the rock in pieces. And so that's, that's something that's not popular in our generation. And that the, the fire and the hammer doesn't have to be negative and cranky and bitter and against everything and against everybody, but it's, it's, it's Jeremiah's fire shut up in his bones. That fire to me is not human passion. It's not zeal. It's not like, I'm a macho man. I've got this thing. It's, it's, it's Jesus. He's, he's shut up in my bones, and I've been sitting in his council, and he's feeding me with his word, and only when he says, now go and preach it, then I do. So that's, that is that's awesome. Cool. That really that really speaks to me. And one one of the things I like that you were saying there is that you've got the wheat, the hammer, and the fire, and yeah. probably all of us like the wheat. I mean, you know, yeah. it, you know, you're eating right. bread, so yeah. I mean, we all like to eat that's nice true. bread. I thought of that. Yeah, you know, uh, yeah. <laughs> the fire burns, and we all want to have a passion. Yeah. The hammer mm. is that you know call to repentance, that call to mm. turn. But if the hammer is just by itself. Yeah. And it doesn't, if you're not feeding yeah. and there's no passion, then the hammer just destroys. Yeah. But it's only when those three are flowing together and you go, yes, we are that, uh, you know, when you speak God's word, it should be feeding. Mm-hmm. And that feeding should turn into a fire for God and the things of God. And then the hammer, then is it's, it's natural. Then it's not judgmental. It's not bringing in judgment, but it's just the natural response of somebody who's being fed by the word who has the fire of God's spirit, and now the, the hammer comes in a natural and a mm-hmm. spiritual way that really that call to repentance and turning is where what we need. But right. just just the people that have a hammer all day long and yeah. want to lay the, the gauntlet down right. isn't really going to bring an awakening. It's when those three are working uh, together. Yeah. What, what a beautiful yeah. uh, thing that I the Lord put, spoke to you there. No, so. thank you. I didn't put that together as, as the— Various elements have different. There are different resources that God gives us as pastors and leaders to to speak into life. You know, and and I think it's more important that we are allowing those things to be to us first. So, so His word is wheat to me, um, mm-hmm. and then then His word is fire to me, and His word is a hammer to me. You know, the, the other prophet uh, we think of as Isaiah. You know, he he was in chapter five. He's 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 preaching these the woes to Israel. Mm. Whoa, you're you're doing this, and whoa, you're you know it's, he's hammering everybody. <laughs> and then in chapter six, he says, "I saw the Lord who's high and lifted up." And then he says, "Woe is me!" So the hammer's hitting him, and wow. then and then he can become somebody. He goes out, but he goes out with a hammer to some degree. But he also goes out with a lot of mercy. He was he was very patient, very kind. Uh, he he definitely preached the truth. Mm. But but that so so I I look at a scripture like that and I always say, well you know. Um, you know, I don't necessarily want to run around with a hammer to other people, but I don't mind being hammered by God. You know, I just, I, I actually, it's, you know, correction or reproof or rebuke is is important to us. It's like, you know, anointing, hunting, going down on our beard, as, as it says about, I think it was Abraham or Moses. Mm-hmm. Moses, um, you know, and at the same time, the hammer, when I think of the hammer, uh, immediately my mind goes to a destructive kind of like, you know, hitting somebody over the head with a hammer is, is, is kind of a picture, a word picture that we use in pastoral ministry. Don't hit them over the head with a hammer. But a hammer is also used to build a building. You know, it's also yeah. it's also used to pull up old rusty nails out of a piece of wood that you know you want to keep using. It's it's a so there's, there's good there's several. You know, we we want to invite the rod and the staff 
the hammer and the wheat into our life, our ministry, our preaching. Yeah, that that is powerful. And I would Thanks, say sir. to everybody, we have two main podcasts that we do. Uh, Gary's is the main podcast for uh, World Challenge. And if you wanted to go to worldchallenge.org, Every week, you're going to hear Gary sharing the word. He's got messages and materials that are available there. Uh, our leadership, uh, we will periodically have Gary in sharing his heart, Thank um, you. vision for the world that we live in. Uh, we we real we really here will be honing in on leadership uh, issues. But I want to just say, just as you know, to anybody that's listening, man, you want a good feeding of God's word. Go on. I I believe Gary. You are an absolute gift of God to the church in the days that we live in. It's an honor to work with you and an honor to have you uh, as my first uh, guest on the podcast. I love being with you. I I love it when we sit in our office and dream about things God has for us in the future. I I love when we strategize about things. And most of all, I love when we do this to talk about Jesus or when Mm -hmm. we travel together in pastor's conferences and um, sharing Christ to others and raising up leaders to see a move of God. Praise God. Well, can you end us in, in a word of prayer, just yeah. uh, praying yeah. for pastors and leaders? And I know probably uh, everybody that's watching, if you if the Holy Spirit is stirring, stirring in your heart at all, uh, we have to believe that as dark as the days are, uh, God has a way through mm, in the days that man. we live. And we want to see the glory of God, not men, not ministries, not personalities, but we want man. to see the glory of God appear in these last days. Yeah. So. Yeah. And if, if, if what we're doing here in these last few weeks and upcoming uh, ministry times you have for pastors and leaders, um, you know, if you're watching this and you know some other pastors that might be encouraged by this, a lot of pastors are downcast and weary. And so any type of edification and challenge and sometimes even reproofs and rebukes mm-hmm. can be important. So if you know some pastor friends, maybe uh, you can let them sign up for uh, worldchallenge.org. Um, uh, front slash pastors and you can get this podcast and uh, I'd love for you to call, email, text a friend. You can uh, drop it into your uh, text and send it to them and they can download it then from there. So yeah, sign, sign up for the Pastors Network at World Challenge. We'd love to, we want to feed you, we want to encourage you, we want to minister to you. So Father, Amen. thank you for this time together. We just do pray that uh, the, the, the deepest passion of our heart is Christ and Him uh, exalted and high and lifted up. And, Lord, we also believe then as a result of that comes an outpouring of God's Spirit, a revival, a move of God, a spiritual awakening. And we are so desperate for that in in our own lives, in our own ministry, in our own conferences, um, and in our own cities, in our own churches, and in our nation and nations around the world. So we ask you to move mightily. God, move in us, move through us, uh, uh, contend with us with the things, with Put the hammer on the things that don't belong in our heart and life. Put a fire of the Holy Spirit in us and, and give us the, 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 the wheat of your word that nourishes and feeds and builds us up. And keep us, Lord, from with the wicked one, from the plans and schemes of the devil. I pray for every pastor and leader. Lord, I know the, that there's a, a target on their back and they're going through some tough times. And oftentimes there's accusations and oftentimes there's frustration and oftentimes there's depression and discouragement. But, Lord, I pray even right now a miracle would take place that you'd raise them up. You'd, you'd get them, whether they're in their office or their car listening right now. Lord, let this be like a, a divine intervention, a moment in history where you touch where we didn't expect you to touch. And you impact where you didn't. we didn't know you'd be impacting this way, this fast, this quick, this moment, this hour. 
And I do believe, God, there's somebody listening to us right now that needs a fresh touch from heaven, and you're offering it right now. And we just invite you, my friend, to to just uh, just surrender that to God. Say, God, I need that fresh touch. I need uh, a, a new anointing. I, I need an awakening in my own life. And I want to participate, God, in a last day's great awakening. So make me a vessel uh, ready and usable for your purposes. We give thanks for this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Gary, for being with us. Thanks, and thank John. you for uh, joining us today. And uh, uh, check us out next week. And uh, we're, look, we're looking to some exciting days ahead. God bless you.